Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Katie McNichol is a blogger turned content creator and coach who decided to change her life through sobriety. After years of drinking, self-destructive behaviour and efforts to stop, Katie decided that it was time to ditch the alcohol and pursue a life without drinking. In this episode, Katie very vulnerably opens up about her experience with alcohol, the pressures surrounding it, her behaviour whilst drunk and the relationship that she had with herself during an alcohol-fuelled social life. As well as sobriety, we talk loads about Katie's experiences with depression and some coping mechanisms that she finds really beneficial. I never really knew too much about sobriety before I met Katie and I was really surprised to hear that Katie has found so much more to sobriety than just the non-drinking. It comes with mental clarity, self-confidence, self-assurance and a more productive mindset which opened up so many thought starters for me. Drinking is something that affects quite a lot of us. It can be a social pressure and almost something that can feel like a chokehold at times. I'm aware that we all have varying levels of relationships with alcohol, but if you are someone that is curious about delving deeper into the relationship that you have with alcohol, this is a really good place to start. The reason that I love Katie and her content so much is that she relays her sobriety messaging in a way that is positive and educational, not persuasive. She doesn't share a message to not drink. She shares a message that it's okay to do whatever you feel like, but there are other options and we don't have to give in to the pressures of drinking if we choose not to. We didn't talk about it a ton in this episode, but Katie is also a qualified life coach, so I highly recommend checking out her website and I've put the link in the show notes for you. Here's Katie's version of beauty. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? <laughs> We're so giddy. <laughs> We've it's like, just been a long time coming. That's it has. It has. And we. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
we just ate brunch and then we just sat down to record and we've just gone like two school <laughs> girls. Um, but yeah, how are you? Are you okay? I'm good. Yeah, really good, good thanks. I feel like we did just chat about a lot, but there's other things we haven't chatted about yet, so that's good. Yeah, we did. So yeah, so Katie and I randomly met through Spare Room. <laughs> I'm so glad you weren't like a weirdo. <laughs> I met so many weirdos on Spare Room. Oh my god, you know you're still in my phone as Chloe Spare Room. <laughs> Just keep it there. Yeah, keep it there. Um, yeah, so we met. I feel a bit weird. Um, <laughs> we met on Spare Room because we were gonna we were looking at flats together. Yeah, and then we both kind of moved into our um, like different flats. Um, but yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who you are already, just give a bit of that back and Background. Okay, so my name is Katie. I'm 27. <laughs> and I um, started blogging about sobriety online when I was about 25. I stopped drinking when I was 24 um, after quite a turbulent relationship with alcohol. Um, I started drinking when I was like, like normally, quote unquote. When I was like 17, 16, pretty much like everyone else. And then it was only really when I got to uni in my second year that I started to realise that it was like an issue for me. Um, so what, what, what things were happening that were making it an issue? Well, I just kept getting myself into situations that <clears throat> never arose when I was sober mm-hmm. like I started to realize that every single bad thing that ever happened to me was as a result of drinking mm-hmm. so even if it was like an argument with my friend like something as like small as that mm-hmm. um or like more big events that were like quite traumatic mm-hmm. happening when I when I was drunk and in my second year of uni is the first time that I'd ever really had really bad mental health as well because in my second year that's when I started to like take drugs recreationally and stuff like that and it just had a really negative impact on my mental health mm-hmm. at the time I didn't actually think I had bad mental health I just thought that that's how I felt if that makes sense I didn't know how to label what I felt because I'd never felt it before what kind of stuff were you feeling depression yeah I had depression for the first time when I was 19 but it's only in retrospect that I now know it was depression so I never went to the GP I never got help for it or anything I just drank on it I just drank more what what were like symptoms of depression for you because I feel like it manifested differently in different people yeah so I've had a few bouts of depression in my life so far mm-hmm. um, and they all kind of manifest quite similarly with me so I got this overwhelming feeling of guilt all the time mm-hmm. guilt helplessness hopelessness being just really teary for seemingly no reason mm-hmm. and feeling just really low because it's not even like a sadness uh, and this is what kind of uh, bothers me sometimes when people are sad and they say I'm depressed. Yeah. It's like, it's a different, it's a different, different feeling. Thing, yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah, just felt really low mood, no energy, lost interest in doing things that I would normally like to do. Mm-hmm. Stopped, sort of isolated myself from speaking to my family and stuff yeah. like that. I was went to uni in Newcastle, which is stereotypically a very like boozy mm-hmm. city and uh, it's quite far away from my home because my home's in Cheshire yeah. so um but I just further isolated myself from my family and then in my third year I 
it was my third year of uni and I'd done no work for two years. I was like, shit, I need to get a degree. Because of drinking? <laughs> yeah, I just partied, like, literally five, six times a week. Yeah. I actually gave myself alcohol poisoning once and had to get, had to take three weeks off uni because I made myself so ill. I drank heavily for something like 19 nights in a row. Would you say you were drinking more than other people? Because uni is renowned for of course. Yeah. Everyone's pissed. Yeah. But were you, did you feel like you were drinking more than everyone else? No. Okay. And that's why it was so normalised for me yeah, yeah. and why it was unable to carry on. Mm. The thing is, and the difference is between me and other people, is that alcohol affects me differently. Okay. So, for example, my friends would drink the same as me, or seemingly the same-ish as me, yeah. but they wouldn't have, like depression or severe anxiety for days and I mean for days after not just the day after days after like it carries into the week and then um so that's how I kind of knew that something was wrong like my friends would have like a couple of paracetamol and a pint of water and a a Mackey's and be fine and I'd be like shivering having to have a sit down shower because I'm so in the the depths of this like hole and um it was horrible so in my third year I um kind of cut back a little bit with drinking and thought you know I'm gonna graduate soon I got my degree got two one fine did the job mm-hmm. whatever went home and got a job and I kind of thought well I'm not a student now so my drinking will calm down yeah and it just didn't if anything it ramped up mm-hmm. and I was working obviously five days a week but then I would just cane it at the weekends yeah. and go out Friday Saturday typical party girl binge drinker um and then that just my mental health just got basically worse and worse and worse yeah. over time and so I started to think about sobriety because the other thing that's probably quite important to mention is my dad is about 33 or 34 years sober mm-hmm. so I've always known that there was another option to yeah. not drink and did did they talk to you about they being your parents talk to you about um sobriety and alcohol and stuff when you were younger was it like a conversation in your house not really. It wasn't sort of like a sit down chat yeah. about it. It was more just my dad was a real life example of what a life without alcohol is. And that's what they say in sobriety. My dad does AA. So in AA, they talk a lot about um, being a role model and leading by example rather yeah. than telling people you shouldn't drink. Yeah. And that has fed very much into my own content, my own social media and stuff. I never would say, I don't yeah. think you should drink. I understand why people drink. Yeah. Alcohol for normal, quote unquote, normal drinkers yeah. is, you know, a social elixir. It does make yeah. you feel more confident and yeah. it is freeing and whatever. So I understand that. But if it's at a point where it's taking from you more than it's giving, yeah. I think then you should probably reevaluate it. But I'm not one to tell someone you shouldn't drink. It's just yeah. my choice that I don't drink. And yeah. that's what my dad did. Yeah. So my mum drinks. She's a normal drinker. She's just whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, he didn't really tell me you should or shouldn't do this. But obviously he was very much there for me when I went to him and mm-hmm. said, I need help because yeah. I feel so out of control with my life. Why did your dad stop drinking? For the same reasons of just the effects? Or... Yeah, same reasons. Uh very different story but same reasons and I think you'll find that most people it all boils down to similar reasons yeah, not yeah. the same obviously but similar mm-hmm. reasons like being just completely out of control with your life mm-hmm. feeling like you're addicted to something yeah, yeah. and 
feeling trapped within yeah. it and and it's it's a horrible feeling so yeah I had um my first sort of like sober curious stint when I was 20 mm-hmm. but it took four years of trial and error really for me to get to now yeah I guess so you went to your dad and had a conversation and what what was that like like what was it like I'm drinking way too much and I don't know what to do or well it was just um yet again another weekend it was just like same shit different weekend Mm -hmm. like I never had the intention of being I'm gonna go out and get so drunk tonight I don't know what I'm doing that was never the goal but because I just have the type of brain that once I have one or two that's it I'm out Mm -hmm. out I have no off switch yeah so it always just escalated to like the point of no return so I had another nightmarish weekend god knows what happened I don't even know what happened but I was living at home with my mum and dad and I was just crying my eyes out in the bathroom and I was just like I remember like just like kneeling on the floor just like literally uncontrollably sobbing like I don't know what to do Mm -hmm. because I just felt so trapped because socially you know I was 23 years old at the time when I was having this conversation with my dad like you're 23 years old all you do is go out you don't yeah. have anything else other than going out. Well, that was my experience anyway. Yeah. And all my friends were big drinkers. Like, it's all I'd ever known. And it was a huge part of my identity, this yeah. party girl image. Yeah. And it's very difficult at any point in your life to change your identity and change who you are to be more aligned with who you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. But especially at 23. Yeah, yeah. Because you just are so impressionable and yeah. you want to fit in. Yeah. And I just felt like I don't want to be doing this, but I don't know what the alternative is. So mm-hmm. it was just awful. And I was just like sobbing on the floor. On the there's, also, there's also a lot of pressure when you're out to be drinking at that age. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you're not drinking and you're out at 23, yeah, right. like, yeah, what's wrong? Honestly, are you pregnant? Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. line of questioning. So. Yeah. I was just crying on the back and floor and he, I just I remember saying to him, I just feel so out of control of my life. And he just said to me, you know that there's another way out. You know mm-hmm. there's another option. Why don't you just try it? And he just suggested, try it for 100 days. That's what people yeah. say. Try for 100 days or three months, whatever, and see how you feel. And he said to me, the pubs are never going to shut. Yeah. Ever. So even if you do three months or six months or 12 or whatever it is, and they're still going to be there when you get back. Yeah, so. Yeah don't worry about it so I was like right okay so I did that and felt unreal mm-hmm. everything in my life that was shit got better mm-hmm. and after the three months I went on a girl's holiday with all my girlfriends at 23 I didn't drink not a drop yeah and I had a great time but then I came home from that holiday and I was just like well I've done the three months now I'm obviously not I've obviously not got a problem because yeah. I cannot drink but then sure enough I drank again and then this thing lasted 10 months and it was the worst 10 months of my life. Yeah. Horrendous. Because the thing is with drinking as well, it's progressive. Yeah. So the more you, if you have a problem with alcohol, not for everyone, but if you have a problem with alcohol, it's progressive. So it just mm-hmm. gets worse. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it was just a nightmare. I mean, I could talk for hours about all the stories that happened in that 10 months, but it was just horrendous. And in the end, I was... I went to London for a friend's birthday and again same story everything just escalated I ended up slipping in a bar and smacking my head off mm. on the floor and then they were like you know ended up having to go to A&E and I was actually going to Africa the next day um yeah I was actually going to Ethiopia the next day to 
volunteer for 10 days through work, for a charity through work at the time. And I'd raised like three grand, I'd done a skydive to raise money for it. And I thought, oh my God, if I've got a head injury, they're not gonna let me yeah. fly. And I just thought, oh my God, all that for this stupid drunk mistake yeah. to hurt myself. So that, and it just kind of shook me. Not enough to not drink that night, by the way, because I drank that night and then the next night as well. That's so insane, isn't it? I know. But I was so caught in the madness. Like I just was like, oh, what a stressful day. I have a drink, like bizarre. Anyway. Do you think it's the addictiveness? Well, I guess it's all of the above, but like addictiveness of the alcohol, mm-hmm. the pressure to be out drinking, being social. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is doing it. What do I do if I go out and I don't drink? Like, what is it that makes us all like be pissed? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because think... if you think about it practically, yeah, the social aspects of it that are fun, but there's is... no real benefit. But, but that's it though. Like, and this is my question in my sobriety like, is it fun though? Is it fun? Yeah. Because if I went out with you tonight, yeah, and didn't drink, neither of us drank, yeah, yeah, we'd still have as good of a time yeah we'd have a better well believe me not you but me yeah if we if we were drinking and i was drinking we would not have yeah. as good a time as we would have sober because yeah. i'm a nightmare and i'm pissed yeah and you'd be like oh my god i can't like do you know what i mean so yeah, i yeah. know that i need to not drink to have a good time my friends mm. and also it's a social construct to be like woo it's so fun but actually and this is such a good phrase like nothing fun happens past 12 yeah <laughs> that's yeah. when the nightmare happens like it's all yeah, fun yeah, yeah. like clink with your boomerang with the galleys and like it's all great and I love that and I get it but like in my opinion I can still have all that but alcohol free yeah, yeah um and also but but that's not right for everyone I'm not saying that for everyone but for people who know or feel like they have a problem with alcohol mm-hmm. you can still have a good time and have fun without the alcohol it's not the alcohol that equals fun yeah it's yeah, who yeah. you're with and the yeah. connections that you have and the atmosphere around you. Yeah. Because how many nights out have you been on and you've been absolutely shit-faced yeah. but you still had a shit night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can that equ- equate to fun? Yeah. And that's what I've always thought in my sobriety and, and obviously talk about that on social media and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do think it's a healthy mix of it all really and the fact yeah. it's a highly addictive yeah, substance. yeah. yeah it's just a perfect storm mm-hmm. between social construct, social pressure yeah. and the fact it's highly addictive. I think it's one of those things that people don't actually think about. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. It's just an automatic, you go out on a Friday night or you go out on a Thursday after work or whatever, you just have a pint or you have a beer or you have a wine. Yeah. People don't think about it. It's because it's just so normalised. Yeah, yeah. And it's marketed everywhere. Yeah. And especially it's British culture as well. British drinking culture is just mental. Like, it's yeah. just so, if you're not doing that, what else are you doing yeah so it's uh it's definitely different to other countries yeah we drink to get drunk don't we we don't drink to enjoy it yeah i remember once i did a post on social media saying something about drinking sobriety Mm -hmm. um and this spanish guy commented saying i don't understand this drinking is such a lovely pastime Mm -hmm. and i just thought that's so interesting because you're Spanish and you live in Spain. This is a sweeping statement, but possibly it's a less intense drinking culture yeah. in, in the way of a binge drinking culture. It's not a binge drinking culture, really, out, yeah. out there, I would say. And so I just thought, yeah, you probably do think it's bizarre that I have to like cut it all out because yeah. to you it, it is, but to me it's bizarre that you can yeah. have you know one every day and be fine. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. yeah. It is a different approach, isn't it? Yeah. So you did the period of sobriety, then you did 10 months of drinking, and then yeah. what happened after that? So I went to London for my friend's birthday, everything escalated, ended up in A&E, was going to do this charity thing, and thankfully, but also embarrassingly, the doctor was literally like, you're just severely hungover. And I was like, oh my God, wasted this doctor's time. But anyway, I could go to, Af- uh, to I could go to Ethiopia and it was great. Um, but I just decided, honestly, on the morning of the 13th of November, 2019, I just looked at myself in the mirror of my old friend's flat. And I was just like, because re- remember, I've been in this position a hundred times mm-hmm. I have said a hundred more times I'm never doing this again yeah and it's just like what is different about this time yeah so I was just kind of like looking in the mirror I just didn't recognize myself just looking at myself like ew like who even are you like you're just not this is not who I'm supposed to be like this is not my story it's not ending like this like no yeah. and it just felt different that time I just felt more determined that time I, I don't know why I feel like sometimes it's just a bit of a miracle when I think about it because yeah. I was just so in the depths of it but um yeah that was my last day one yeah. so that was nearly three and a half years ago which is mad I went to Ethiopia and that was an amazing experience because obviously it was such a it was for charity it was such a giving yeah, yeah. experience and the things that we saw on the places that we went it was just such a soul filling project that I did and I was really blessed to have that and then I basically well then I came back from Ethiopia and I actually moved to Australia mm-hmm. and had a bit of a nightmare living there to be honest I ended up moving in with a using drug addict drug user yeah and alcoholic and yeah she was drinking red wine at 9am you know your typical what people would class as a quote-unquote alcoholic yeah even though there's so many different types of alcoholic she was like your typical one yeah. stereotypical one and it was a nightmare. I had to move out, out of there. And then COVID came. I lost my job, lost my visa, everything. I was only there for 10 weeks, came home. I'd sold my car. I'd ended my relationship. It was a nightmare. But then we were in lockdown. And I think I'm really blessed, actually, to look back. I know lockdown was a horrendous time for so many people. But for me, it was a year, pretty much, of not being in bars and pubs and restaurants yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I was yeah. a social drinker. So for me, it gave me like an opportunity to get a bit of sustained sobriety behind me to, yeah. and then when the world opened up again, I could go out and feel sort of a bit stronger in my sobriety in a way. So, and that's when I started blogging yeah, about it all. And then the page just kind of grew and stuff. And then, yeah, bits and bobs happened in the last three, in the last two years, but yeah, I'll probably take ages to talk about. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Just like with the page and um, when I first started blogging about it, I was six months over and I just really started because I knew nobody my age that didn't drink. Yeah. And so I just went to social media to try and find other people. The only pages I knew were this this girl called Millie Gooch and her page, Sober Girl Society. Mm-hmm. They, the only two that I knew. And I'd followed both those pages on and off for a few years. Typical sort of go back drinking, unfollow, and then yeah. sort of refollow, da da da. And then, yeah, I, I just thought, well, I just kind of want to meet other people my age or whatever who don't drink. So that's why I did it. But then I just start, fell in love with the 
with social media like the medium of being able to speak to and share your experience with thousands of people and help them and then you know you get dms and stuff like that and then it grew and I did events and podcasts and stuff like this and started my youtube channel and things um and it's been amazing I think in that time I've grown and changed a lot my social media handle was 20 something sober Mm -hmm. when I first started and then I kind of realised I kind of want to be sober my 30s and beyond. Yeah, yeah. So I had to change it. So I changed it to this sober girl. Mm-hmm. But then as I got more sober, <laughs> I kind of thought there's so much more to this mm-hmm. than just not drinking. Yeah. And I felt like this sober girl, I mean, it does what it says on the tin, but it was, it, I felt quite like confined by it. Yeah. And so I changed, finally changed my name to Katie Nicol. And I think it's like at the time it's kind of scary because you feel like, you're always comforted by your niche yeah yeah yeah. and you're like oh this is my niche so I'm an expert in this field because it's my lived experience so you feel like you can't talk about anything else yeah but now I try to you know talk about other things that are that are in my life with regards to sobriety as well like self-development self-love all that type of thing Mm -hmm. too so that's been a bit of a journey with that and also just being like able to express yourself fully Mm -hmm. like the self-expression part of it I felt a bit trapped because I felt like I literally couldn't talk about anything else and also it's quite boring for me mm-hmm. because as you get more and more into your sobriety and you learn more about yourself and more about sobriety as a yeah. whole entity talking about that one tiny part of it mm-hmm. is is quite repetitive yeah and it's not a true representation of what sobriety is about yeah. like the first thing and the easiest thing in a way that you have to do is stop drinking yeah. the rest of the work comes after that yeah with the self-development and self-love and stuff like that so yeah yeah and I think that's what people instantly think about don't they when you say sobriety or Mm. sober or stop drinking it's you don't really think of it beyond the not drinking part do you know what I mean unless you dig into it I think what's interesting what you've done is you've made it into a lifestyle yeah and then you've obviously blogged about it and Mm. vlogged about it and you post about it but so I guess like well, two things. What is sobriety to you? Like, what is the definition of it to you? And then keen to talk about, like, your online community. And because I'm guessing you get loads of messages about people who are curious mm-hmm. and want to do it, mm. but don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about the sobriety piece. What okay. what, what it means to you. What What is it? Well, I think there's two sides to it. Because, like you've just perfectly said people think it's just that one thing and that they don't see beyond that. It's just mm-hmm. that, but it's not. And you very quickly learn that within like three, six months of not drinking, how much more depth there is to it. Mm-hmm. So initially, I, to answer that question, I would have said, well, the definition of sobriety or sober is to not be drunk, yeah, to not drink alcohol. But then there's another term called emotional sobriety, which is where you have to work on the emotions that come up once you remove the alcohol. Because alcohol, a lot of the time, is used for to deal with the reality of life. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of emotions that I repressed with alcohol Mm -hmm. that then reared its head when I stopped drinking. And that can be really painful. And And sometimes, often, people, that's why they go back to the drink. Because it's not that they like drinking, it's that they can't live with themselves Mm -hmm. or with the emotions that are coming up. So that's why having a community is a good thing, because you can share those things, and that's 
you know, I owe a lot of my sobriety to Instagram mm-hmm. because I've shared a lot of my deepest, darkest on there with yeah. with people and I, it holds you accountable and you have that community. Other people do AA, obviously that's a great form of um, community. But for me now, I would say, obviously it's extremely important that I don't drink, that is the step one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't have emotional sobriety without actual sobriety, but <laughs> you have to, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so that's obviously a given. But then after that, it's just having the patience and courage to be brutally honest about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard and loads of people can't do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like the age old phrase, isn't it? Like nothing worth, nothing worth, worth having is easy. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I thought, I genuinely thought I'd stop drinking. Mental health would go great. I'd be dead happy. But the last three and a half years, I've probably had more down days than, mm-hmm. not more down days than when I was drinking, but I still get a down days or down periods because life just happens. Yeah, life yeah. happens regardless whether you drink or not. It's just that not drinking allows me to move through things quicker yeah. and better quality yeah. than self-sabotaging, drinking and burying your head in the sand. Yeah. And I feel like you're, you're someone we've been friends for a little bit, not the longest time we're still getting to know each other, but you're someone who like actively self progresses. So that's not easy either. Like if you come across a feeling or an emotion or a situation, you're someone who will do something about it or you will look within and you'll challenge yourself. Mm. That's also difficult. Do you know what I mean? Where you're saying you have down days and stuff when everyone does, but two, you're actively like self progressing. Yeah. 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 And I think that is, like, practice. I don't know, to be honest with you, if that is all down to sobriety. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when people stop drinking, they're just like, oh, everything's sobriety. I actually, I actually don't. I owe a lot to my sobriety. Yeah, yeah. But I've always been this type of person. That's why yeah. I stopped drinking. Because yeah, I was yeah. self-developing, self-progressing. So even when I was yeah. a drunk, I was still trying to find a way to be better. Yeah, yeah. And so I think sometimes... It does take practice, and but the main thing is it takes honesty, and that's the most uncomfortable part of yeah. it all. But I think if you've got if you've got a good end goal, and you have yeah. an idea of what you want to be and who you want to be, if you want it enough, you'll be willing to have the conversation with yourself. Yeah, it's also baby steps as well, isn't it? Like it's not, it's taken years, and I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it's I'm perfect with any of it, not at all, but it's just. People, some people hate the word journey, but I actually don't mind it. But it yeah, is just I the like journey, it. isn't it? Yeah. Of, of it all. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of like the biggest challenges? Have you had phases like, and um, maybe in the beginning more so than now, where you've felt like you wanted to drink or you've struggled in a social situation, for example? Like, has there been any like challenges like that that have been hard to overcome? Because I think that's where yeah. people fall down. Like, yeah. if they want to stop drinking then they'll do it for a week and then the weekend comes and they go out and they actually don't know what to do with themselves because yeah. everyone else is drinking yeah it's definitely happened like I said because I did my first year in lockdown it kind of changed things yeah. a little bit but prior to that like remember I had four years of doing that yeah, yeah. saying I'm not going to drink and then drinking yeah and doing a week doing a month doing whatever a few months yeah and always going back it's hard because people in early sobriety or sober curiosity don't really like the fact that the reality is you do have to change 
yeah. who you hang around with, yeah. where you go, yeah. and sort of how you live your life and how you define fun. Mm-hmm. And though, that's obviously very difficult to do because yeah. you're, they're your friends. Mm-hmm. And also you might think they're friends and you'll stop drinking and maybe they're not so much your friends' friends, they're more like drinking friends. But that is very difficult. And in the beginning, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I just carried on going to the same places, the same people at the same time, staying out at the same time. I'll give you an example. So it, this was years ago. This was like when I was like 23. Mm-hmm. And I went on a night out, went to Schloss in town. Yeah. And I, was, I wasn't drinking, but I didn't drive there. So I didn't have an escape route. I didn't have a reason to go. Mm-hmm. But because I was so attached to like going out with the girls and the whole routine of pre-drinks and getting ready together and getting a taxi there together, I did exactly the same routine as what I would have done if I was drinking. Got there, did the whole night drinking just like Red Bull and soda mm-hmm. water and whatever. We had like a big booth, they had like bottles and stuff and I just didn't drink all night. Got to about 11 and I was exhausted. Because mm-hmm. also emotionally it's exhausting. Because yeah, it's just yeah. like a new environment and you're just like, and there was, everyone was smashed. Yeah. And it was all my friends and their partners and like whatever. And then I was getting a lot of questions as well because it's very bizarre. If you're not a big drinker and then you stop drinking, yeah. like so. If you're a massive drinker to then not drink, people are yeah. like, what? what and then I was getting loads of, are you pregnant questions? Mm-hmm. Like, blah, blah, blah. Are you driving? No. Mm. So what? why? It just yeah. didn't make any sense. Anyway, I ended up staying to like, gone midnight and I was like on the brink like I was on the edge and I'll always remember this because it's just so bizarre to me now that on the way out I got a glass of champagne and met it really yeah and I just because I was so like on edge and someone was like pouring glasses and I was like oh do you not take it and I just like had it and then I was so upset with myself because I was like you did the whole night, white, they call it white knuckle sobriety, mm-hmm. where you like hold on for dear life, you don't actually let go and enjoy the night, you're mm-hmm. just like trying to get through it, and that's what I did, and I just look back and I'm like, why didn't you drive, why didn't you have an escape route, why didn't you leave when you wanted to, yeah, why didn't you leave yeah. at 11, why do you have to prove that you're still this party gal, yeah, yeah, when yeah. You, you know, but it's all part of the journey, and it's all, I've learned so much from that experience, but I've done that a hundred times, yeah. but it takes a hundred times, I think. It's very rare for someone to just wake up one day and go, I'm just not going to drink alcohol anymore, and then yeah. they actually don't forever. Yeah, I know yeah. one person that's mm-hmm. done that, and that's amazing, and everyone's journey is different, but on the whole, it does take a lot of like trial and error yeah, to be yeah. able to, to get it. Like Everything in life, you've kind of just got to learn from your mistakes, I guess. And I think that's it. Like I think when you make like such a definite decision that's why it's so hard to stick to because you don't allow yourself any leeway yeah it's like dieting like well it's not it's not the same but it's the the reason why people fail their diet is because they keep it so strict Mm -hmm. that it's not even possible to achieve and it's not fun so Mm -hmm. like you're setting yourself up for failure yeah yeah but i think the with the alcohol piece that's another thing is like moderation so people think well i'll make it achievable and I'll moderate. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a problem with alcohol, moderation is impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, you don't have a problem with alcohol, mm-hmm. for example. So I know last night you went out, had a few cocktails, yeah, a few yeah, wines, yeah. whatever. Yep. And then you're up this morning and yeah. you're absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. That's moderation. And mm-hmm. you can do that because you're not a problem drinker. Yeah. I am. 
So there's no way in hell I could moderate. And then you have the idea in your head of, I'm going to moderate, I'm just going to have a few. And then ultimately you fail because mm-hmm. you're not full of alcohol. So you get wasted. Yeah. And then you think you're a failure and you can't do it. So you think, sorry, yeah. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. So it's a vicious cycle. And that's what they say, like breaking that cycle is so hard. Yeah. Because also, for some reason, it's mental to me. But for some reason, it's like stopping drinking is always just like the last thing that people want to do. Yeah. Like they just hate it. Like they're like, I'll do anything else. Just, I just want to drink. But I don't know if that's just because people are either addicted or because of society or whatever. But it's, it's, it's such a complex topic. And sometimes talking about it so openly online, it can obviously backlash because people don't want to stop. Yeah. And it, but on the other side, people are dying yeah. from this, and people's families are ruined by alcoholism and stuff. So yeah. there's a fine line to, to tread with it. Yeah. I think the sober curiosity thing is amazing because so many people now have all the alcohol free options and stuff. You can just cut back. Yeah. And people nowadays are a lot more health conscious, which is great because it is so carcinogenic. Yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of friends who have um, slow drinking or stopped altogether or I actually have um some friends who I've like met through work who are quite a bit younger than me who have just never started drinking which I think is different that I I do think the younger generation are a bit different to our generation in that I was like 15 and I was like get me WKDs and cider and I just want to be pissed all the time whereas now that I don't hear that happen that much um so I do think there's a difference but I definitely see a lot more people coming through who are curious about not drinking yeah and that's so true and so good about what you said about the younger generation because it's like smoking mm, back yeah. in the day smoking was advertised as being good for you yeah and now obviously we know it's yeah, terrible yeah. for you not, yeah. and i think hopefully over time that we'll go that way with alcohol the only thing though that i i personally feel about that is cigarettes don't change the way you feel Cigarettes mm-hmm. don't, don't block out emotion. Yeah. Alcohol does. So it yeah. will probably be harder for people to overcome. But mm. it's def- there's definitely a shift. And I do think it moves in with the health and wellbeing movement, which is great. Like it yeah. may be a good thing. So yeah. <laughs> let's talk about your social channels um, and like just some sober curious questions. Because I'm guessing you get a lot of like, or maybe you don't, but like what are some of the conversations that happen in DMs or like, topics that people are curious about when it comes to drinking or not drinking people just (laughs) it's funny because people will message and say hi how do I stop drinking (laughs) and it's like I I just find that question really like almost like sweet in a way because it makes it sound like there's one thing Mm mm-hmm when actually, the, to be really like layman's terms, to stop drinking, you just stop drinking. It's like, yeah. how do I stop eating pasta? You just yeah, stop eating pasta. Eating. Like, but obviously that's not the truth, but that is like the top line of it. But there's so many, like we were just saying, sobriety or emotional sobriety. It's so multi-layered. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I was going to say, I could write a book on all the tips and advice. Well, there are thousands of books out there with loads yeah. of tips and advice on stuff. But the main things that I would say is you have to give yourself a chance. Like, there's no way you're going to stop drinking if on your first weekend of sobriety, you're going to the pub with your mates and drinking yeah. a soda. Yeah. Because you're going to drink. Because 
Of course you are. Like, and it's not anything against your strength of character or anything like that or willpower. Like people say, I've got such, that's another thing. People message, I've got such terrible willpower. And I'm like, oh, that's such a sad negative thing to say about yourself. You don't have bad willpower. It's just, you're not giving yourself a chance to change your environment. So making sober plans is really important. Not, not sort of putting yourself in a situation where you, you might drink and being really kind to yourself. Cause I feel like a lot of people who are problem drinkers or want to go sober. I mean, I know cause I, I was there. You just speak to yourself like shit. Yeah. And it's like so nasty. And the things I used to think and say to myself about myself, it's just like vile. Like what? Just like you're so, like I just thought I was a horrible person. I just thought, because obviously off the back of my drinking behavior, I like argue with people and do stupid things that were so unaligned with who I am. And mm-hmm. so I just had a really bad Im- self image. Yeah. And not physically, I mean, mentally and well physically as well but most importantly mentally Mm -hmm. so also the other thing to remember is it's not as usually it's not as bad as it is in your head yeah so as we know we all ruminate catastrophize make things a lot worse than they actually are so that's an important thing to know yeah um and to try and buddy up with someone, have like a sober friend. If you're just sober curious and you just want to kind of cut back, yeah. get a friend to do it with you because you've got an accountability partner yeah. and someone you can like vent to or speak to. That's why sober groups and stuff is uh, is good because if you are a problem drinker as well, normally your thought patterns around alcohol are a lot different to quote unquote normal drinkers. Yeah. So if I was to come to you in my early sobriety and say, like, oh, I've been thinking, da da da. You might look at me like I've got three heads, because in your yeah. head, it's just not even a question. It's not even a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, and then it's like, oh, it's not even a big deal to to me. So I'm going to give you that advice. And then you yeah. think, oh, wait, it's not a big deal. So you need to have like-minded people around you. That's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's all the other things like cravings and stuff. You'll crave sugar a lot in the beginning. There's a lot of sugar content in alcohol. Mm-hmm. So when you cut it out, your body just craves doesn't know the difference and just craves sugar so eat that eat all the sugar I put on so much weight when I stopped drinking but I was like I don't care because I'm happy in my head and also it's not a priority right now Mm -hmm. like I just want to get sober and get happy so so yeah that's another really important thing I'd say those are the main things what are some of the positives that have like obviously you now do your uh, you've got your platform and stuff but what are some of the like main positives that have come out of sobriety for you I'd say there's two sides of it I feel like there's two sides of everything but there is two sides mm-hmm. of it <laughs> the, <laughs> the mental side and like the physical yeah. obviously all the physical stuff is great like in the end I like lost weight got in really good shape mainly because I had the energy to go to the gym and eat well mm-hmm. and I could be asked to think about what to cook whereas yeah. when I was hanging like three days a week I just didn't want to do that yeah um like better skin, less puffy, less bloated, yeah. more energy, s- my sleep improved, your sex drive increases. There's just so much stuff uh, physically. But mentally, although I have had periods of <clears throat> being depressed or anxious over the last three and a half years, mainly those points were at times in my life where I was just going through it, you know, like I was just going through bad times and, and whatever. 
but on the other days when I'm feeling good, I'm feeling really good. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of clarity. I have a lot of peace of mind. For me, personally, that's the biggest blessing mm-hmm. because I used to just live in complete chaos. Like, it yeah. was just one argument to the next and one regret to the next, one apology to the next. It was just, like, awful. And so now I feel like I, I just don't live like that. I have no drama in my life whatsoever. I'm careful about who I spend my time with. I don't just like expend myself to anyone yeah. like energetically. I just don't. And so that gives me a lot of peace of mind. I have a lot more time to like yeah. do things that I actually enjoy. And actually, I know what I enjoy. When I was drinking, I had no idea. People used to ask me, and I used to hate it, when people used to ask me like, if you're like dating or like you, I started a new job and I remember someone asked me like, so what are you into? Like, what are your hobbies and interests? And I was like, bottomless brunch. <laughs> I, I just didn't know what to say. Like, I just was like, I don't know. I have yeah. no interest. Yeah. And so now I'm like, I'm always up for like trying new things and going places and stuff. And, and you're, you're able to do that financially because you're not yeah. pissing your money up all on bottomless brunch. Yeah, yeah, so you've got a lot more financial freedom. You make better financial decisions. You just make better decisions in general, to be honest, yeah. in um, every avenue of life. So it's just, just without a doubt the best thing I've ever done. In terms of... Because you, you mentioned the word clarity there. Yeah. Um, and we've only known each other a couple of months or whatever, but you are someone who seems to be very clear in where you're going and you've got direction and I know you've had a lot of change in your life recently but you're very driven to a goal where that you know where that is and you seem to know how to get there Mm -hmm. has that come from maybe not sobriety but since you've stopped drinking and you've been more I don't know I don't know I was going to say more ambitious in your plans but I equally didn't know you before sobriety so yeah, just talk about that a little bit and like maybe like backing yourself or yeah, it might be drive. That's, that's actually yeah. I'm just thinking now like, it probably is the backing yourself part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I have always been an ambitious person because I even when I was drinking, I've worked in recruitment for years mm-hmm. now, and when I was drinking, I was a high achiever. I did really well at work. I got promoted really quickly. Mm-hmm. I, like I've always worked very hard, and I do yep. have a very strong work ethic. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But the thing is, when I was drinking, I kind of just was doing what I was told to do mm-hmm. in terms of the path that you take to be successful mm-hmm. so it's like get a job work hard do well at the job get promoted yeah. get, and then the cycle continues yeah. what not drinking did is it gave me the mental space 
to go, do I actually like this? Am I actually happy? What do I want out of my life? How am I going to get there? So if I was still drinking now, I I would still, I mean, over time, you you just don't know. And God forbid I would have ever lost my job, whatever. But I probably would have, to be honest. Because like I said, it's progressive. So who knows? But I would have always done well at my job. Mm -hmm. And that's just inbuilt in me, the work ethic side of it. But when I stopped drinking and I started being more creative and talk a lot in I'm in therapy and we talk a lot about it in a child and stuff like that when I was younger I was really creative I've got an English degree I'm good with words and I'm very emo- and I'm a very emotional person yeah. and I'm very like in touch with them mm-hmm. I wasn't in touch with my emotion at all when I was drinking because yeah. I just didn't know my ass from my elbow I was just yeah. like just like living in chaos yeah but now I have, I do think it is down to sobriety that I feel a lot more clear and I can label things within myself. So for example, obviously as you just said, I've had a lot of like change in my life recently. I've left recruitment, I'm coaching now, studying and will qualify this year and setting up a business and going back to content and social media and stuff and all that stuff is, that is when I live my day-to-day now, I just feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. even though it's not even off the ground yet, really, and it's in its very formative stages. I just feel so fulfilled and happy. Yeah. Whereas this time last year when I was working in recruitment, because I went back to it, I took a break from social media, I went back to recruitment because that's what I should do in society's terms. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it just kind of wore away at me, and I just felt so unfulfilled, and I didn't feel, like, free mentally. Mm-hmm. And... I just was so unhappy, but if I, no, but because of my sobriety, I felt like I had the courage to take the leap Yeah. because I don't live in chaos anymore and I trust my inner knowing and I actually know what's good for me. Yeah. Whereas when I was drinking, I didn't know. So then you're scared so you never make the choice and you never make the leap. Yeah. But now in my sobriety, like I always just think, and my dad says this to me all the time, whatever happens to you you will be okay as long as you don't drink yeah that that's it for me that's my personal story and it's true really because the only thing that I can't do in life is drink and everything good that comes from my life is as as a result of not drinking so I kind of don't know I just kind of trust it really and the confidence thing is a huge part of it like backing yourself I never had any confidence when I was drinking yeah and now I, I it's not confidence in like a arrogance it's more just like I know what I'm confident in my knowing of what suits me. Yeah. And that has been the biggest lesson. Like it's my birthday next week. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday. But I thought naively last year when it was my birthday, I turned 27. I was with this guy. We were going to move in together and all this stuff. And I was working recruitment. And it was all those like mm-hmm. typical 27 year old tick boxes. Yeah that I thought would make me happy. Mm-hmm. And by, so my birthday's in May, by the June, I'd split up with him, decided I hated my job. And now, you know, 12 months later, although it's been a really turbulent year, as you know, because I was having yeah. a breakdown like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually feel so grateful now that it, all yeah. that shit happened and mm-hmm. like, it all has to fall apart for it to be rebuilt into something better. Yeah. But I just know if I was drinking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be sat here. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have anything to talk about because (laughs) (laughs) we would be. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be sat here. Uh, But yeah, I'd be a schloss down there. 
Shit face. <laughs> it's true. It is. So, <laughs> with like confidence and stuff, because I feel like self love is a very hot topic at the minute. Yeah. Have <clears> you um actively or like how have you, if you have actively? Like, grown in confidence. Because I, I did an episode about confidence and I think it comes subconsciously. I think if you just... If it's in the, if it's in your mind somewhere and you, you're actively trying to do a little bit of something each day, then your confidence will come. Um, but if... If not, like, a lot of people are actively working on trying to be more confident or trying to like themselves a bit more or trying to be more positive or whatever. Yeah. Like, how have you done that? How have you become a more confident version of yourself? Or just a more fulfilled version of yourself. I think there's a balance of actively trying to do it and just letting it be. Yeah, I think my definition of confidence has changed That's in my sobriety. Yeah. Because when I was drinking, I thought the most confident person was the loudest person in the room. Yeah. And I was that person. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was always confident, even when I was drinking. It was only really towards the end, sort of the last... 12 six, six 12 months that it started to have the adverse effect and it made me really insecure really anxious but before that it did make me more confident mm-hmm. as it does with everyone but then when i stopped drinking i kind of as i said as i said i kind of held on to that identity of the past girl image for a while because i felt like i had nothing else but then as you yeah. learn and grow you let go because you realize this is actually really boring for me. I appreciate that it was fun, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that it's still fun for you guys, mm-hmm. but it's not fun for me, and yeah. so I'm just going to step away and, like, have fun. Like, it's just not yeah. for me. And I think that sometimes as well comes with age mm-hmm. as well, to be fair. So that's kind of a mixed bag. But then when I stopped drinking, I kind of realised you can be, well, the coolest people, I think, over the last few years that I've met, Drinking drinkers or non-drinkers are people who just know who they are and are happy with it. Mm-hmm. And there was this girl I met at a friend's birthday party. Honestly, I met her once. I've never met her in my life, and I've never seen her since. Mm-hmm. And I just was driving home after I'd met her, and I just thought, "You are the like." She just was so strong in herself, and she was just so confident, but not in a way of being really loud. She was just very self-assured and like comfortable and confident in her own body and mm. she didn't have any makeup on or she didn't like not that that is a defining of confidence but yeah. I mean she was happy to be sat there in a group of people that she didn't know bare-faced just sat just chilling not yeah. not overly trying hard not overly people-pleasing not overly conversating either with everyone yeah, yeah. she just sat there taking it all in and I just thought that's unreal like that's yeah. that is unreal and that is and I feel now so blessed that I've got so many strong women around me and so many strong friendships, new and old, mm-hmm. that I feel I'm so inspired by the women that are around me because everyone is so different, but yeah. everyone is going on their own journeys with self-confidence and self-love and it impacts me. Yeah. It influences me to look at myself and think, yeah, do you know what? Actually, confidence isn't people pleasing and going, yeah, I'll go to the event or yeah, I'll go to the thing. It's going... Yeah. Actually, I don't really feel up to that tonight. I hope you don't mind. Have a great time. Yeah. See you next week. Like, yeah. I just feel like respecting your own boundary is self-love. Completely. And self-confidence. It's all... There's just so many parts to it, but I do think that's the main thing, is not being a one definition of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I do think... Um, 
I think surroundings are massive. I think like yeah. the people who you surround yourself with, and I'm I'm the same actually. Like I've I've put a lot of effort into the types of people I make friends with and the types of people I'll tolerate or mm. I don't want to be around anymore because I think, like you said, it massively affects who you are as a person without Hugely. you even realizing. Hugely, like when I was drinking, I just I'm just such a different person now. And it's not just your behaviour when you drink or when you don't. Mm. It's like, it's just so much more than that. They say, don't they, that you become the five people that you spend the most yeah. time with. Yeah. And that is so true. Yeah, yeah. It's so important that you are selective. Mm-hmm. Again, though, I do think, I don't know if this is a sweeping statement, but I do think it does come with age. Yeah. Because as you get older, you just kind of, you learn what you like and what you don't like and what you put with and what you won't. And you learn yeah. how to set boundaries and implement them. That's the main thing. I used to say, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. And I'd have all these boundaries in my head, never actually use them. Yeah. There's no point setting boundaries, you're not going to actually implement it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've been a lot more, a lot of my friends say to me, like, oh my God, you're just savage. But I actually kind of think that's a good thing. Yeah. Like I don't, life is so short. Yeah. And being around negative people. That's the main thing I can't stand is negativity. Yeah. I think because I, my brain predisposed to thinking negatively because mm-hmm. I was such a negative person back then. So now I do try every day and it does take working on things every day, annoyingly, sorry, but it is an everyday yeah. thing where you have to challenge your own thought patterns and, and stuff and people aren't willing to do that people, the people that aren't willing to do that unfortunately it won't happen like overnight you do yeah. have to kind of constantly check yourself and constantly check your thought patterns I don't think it's healthy to be around people that are negative yeah that's the I one agree. thing I just can't, I just can't do that I agree and I think it's also a point to, to like know that you're never going to get there do you know what I mean like you never there's always going to be well you are like that let me articulate it in a way that there's always going to be, mm, you're never going to be, per, like, you're never going to be a perfect person. You're no. never going to be, there might, there's always going to be something you're insecure about. And I think mm-hmm. I used to focus on, okay, this is improved, but why do I still feel like this over mm-hmm. here? Or like, really confident at work, but why when I go on a date, I'm the most shy person that I can't even like string a sentence together. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am and it's okay. And I think accepting yourself as you are. Mm-hmm is also fine like it's mm. imagine if you were just really strong in every area it, your life oh. would be boring because you would just yeah be on cloud nine all the time which one is not realistic and two there's never going to be anything that challenges you yeah so I think there's just having a realistic approach to it yeah it's a boring like you just said it's boring if you're not challenging yourself in any way in any area if you're Completely. overachieving in every single area to be honest actually you might just be a bit poor yeah and like you probably wouldn't gel with people anyway I'm sure yeah. they're not what they're called narcissists like, <laughs> <laughs> I know a few <laughs> yeah so you don't want to be one of them, be one of them. <laughs> no I think it's it's nice to be a multifaceted person everyone is multifaceted I was doing a piece of content on this the other day saying like you can feel sad and still be a confident person mm-hmm. you can feel anxious and still be funny yeah. Like you, all these things, they, they work in conjunction with each other, and that's what makes people amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just life. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel our generation is just the only generation so far that it's just rammed down your throat that everything is perfect all the time. Yeah. So it doesn't allow you to just feel the feeling. And also, I think a lot of the time, all this, like, don't cry, don't get angry, don't about the negative emotions is bad because those emotions are there to tell you something. Mm -hmm. When I was really unhappy at work, I felt so unfulfilled and so miserable. I would, I went through a period a few weeks being like, come on, Katie, like, don't feel like that. No, you love it, you love it, you love it, you love it. It's just like toxic positivity to be like, you love it, you love it, love it. When your body, your physical and mental body is going, you hate this, like, listen to it mm-hmm. and allow it i know some people meditate and do things like that to be able to give yourself space to feel things yeah um and i wish i'm more consistent with that than i am but i do try my best but i do journal a lot actually so that kind of gets it out yeah i used to struggle with this because i used to try and do it as a bit of a tick box like yeah. every day and it just didn't work and i ended up hating it i ended up mm-hmm. resenting it now i do I haven't done it for a while actually but I do like a Sunday night check-in which really helps like what have I liked what have I not liked yeah. and then that helps me like flag what to take into the next week and what to try and leave behind yeah journaling I just do when I feel like but meditating I've always struggled with meditation mm-hmm. always always I've got a bit of like my brain jumps here there and everywhere all the time but I have been doing it for like 10 minutes most mornings my god it makes such a difference it really does such a annoyingly difference. it really works yeah because it it's that one thing that you like you're like oh can't be bothered but annoyingly you know oh yeah. if I just did that it would be so yeah, great yeah, yeah. but I am um, I'm the same I try I try my best to do it as often as I can but even like smaller things if you're trying to work your way up to meditating because it is quite an intense practice yeah. even if you do it 10 minutes it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to it do hard. one minute feels like an hour doesn't it yeah, especially yeah. when you first start yeah. so now so, sorry so before because I read a book, I read a book on it basically, which just said to work your way up to meditating, just try and be more mindful. Yep. So don't take your phone in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Have a shower in silence. Go for a walk without your phone. Okay. Walk in silence. Listen to the birds. Look at the trees. Like be in the present moment. Don't eat meal. Eat meals without your phone. Yeah. Enjoy what you're eating. Like feel what you're eating. Taste what you're eating. Half time. I'll eat a meal. Especially yeah. when working or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, go on autopilot. I don't even remember what I'm eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being more mindful about things can help you listen to yourself and listen to your thoughts and recognise what you what you actually feel yeah. instead of always input, 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 input of other people's voices. Don't you ever... Um, I walk a lot and I always have, I have my headphones in. I always listen to music, like, all the time. Um... Do you ever feel like when it's completely silent and you're like, oh my God, this feels so weird? Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. And I'm like, that I'm worries me. I'm, and I'm, I've started to like go for walks where I don't put my AirPods in or yeah. I'll have an hour in the flat where I don't have music on and I'll just be doing like cleaning or something. Yeah. Just to get normal. Yeah. Like just to get Reset. familiar with no yeah. sound. Yeah. Or silence or background noise because it weirds me out sometimes. A lot of those have it though too, isn't it? Mm. It's like walk equals podcast. Yeah. Just, they just go hand in hand yeah 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 there's yeah. so much content out there that I want to listen to and like well when else I have the time I'll go for a yeah. walk but it is important but again making it realistic and making it achievable maybe on your Monday walk listen on your Tuesday yeah, walk yeah. go on your Wednesday walk listen on your Thursday walk go yeah so it's definitely made around it but it is so valuable to just have that space to listen to yourself because otherwise I feel and this is my experience 
personally, I don't know about anyone else, but I just kind of bumbled through life because mm. I was just like, I just had no time to think about what I even yeah. like. Yeah. So I just feel really blessed now because I'm on obviously this path now of a new career and stuff that I just feel really lucky to have that because God knows what I would have yeah. Let's talk about that and like coaching and stuff and your journey of it yeah. up to now. So, as I said, I've worked in recruitment for years and when I stopped drinking, I had a year off recruitment and began blogging. Mm-hmm. And so I did that part time sort of influencing, part time teaching English online. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Bali in my digital nomad era. And (laughs) (laughs) what a time. And then I came back (laughs) after that and thought, oh no, real world. I need like more money and more stability and stuff. And as I said, well, I'm going to buy a house and blah, blah, blah. So I thought I need to do that. So I did that for 18 months, went back to recruitment. And to be honest, the company I worked for were amazing. I started there part-time, still doing social media. They were really flexible, really supportive of my sobriety for a recruitment business that's part mm-hmm. of mine yeah. so boozy and so yeah, yeah. very bitterly. but they were just amazing shout out for us all and <laughs> I like <laughs> 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 so but then ultimately like the job's the job do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. and I just really felt like I kind of want more fulfillment because at the end of the day it's a sales job and the most fulfilling thing about that job is the money mm-hmm. and there becomes a point where for me anyway my experience was I just felt I wanted more to I wanted to help people more yeah and I felt like I've got this passion for sobriety and I would just love to be able to just make my passion and my purpose into a job like mm-hmm. people don't do that yeah. so in the end um also, I've got a little bit of teaching experience in my English degree and all that. And I, I just was like, all encompassed together, it just makes sense to sort of take it to the next level and actually coach people on how to stop drinking and self-confidence and self-love mm-hmm. instead of just posting about it online. Yeah. Like I kind of wanted to make it more of a service um, than just content. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I'm doing my qualification at the moment. I've qualified this year. The business is basically up and running so I've already got coaching clients and uh, it's going well it definitely feels right I feel really aligned with Mm -hmm. what I'm meant to be doing and I just know that it actually will help people Mm -hmm. and it just feels so I just feel really lucky it's just I just like yesterday I, I went out for a drink with my friend came back home, and you know when you just like, have a minute where you're like, whoa, like I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Like I just, I can't, especially given the fact that the last few months have been really up and down. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't advise, I wouldn't advise this to anyone, but I quit my job with no job to go to, mm-hmm. which I know you've had experience with that as well in the past, yeah. and it's it's terrifying. It's it terrifying. Is. I've got bills to pay, I've got rent, like, and I, and I just thought, oh my God, but it was almost like, my girlfriends are like, oh well, it's for the plot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's a breakdown, but it's for, it's for chapter five. That's fine. That's <laughs> oh, God. But in the end, obviously, things do just turn out like okay in the end. So it's exciting. I 
think with stuff like that, like, because I did it last year and I, my story was very different to yours. Like, I was overwhelmed at work and I was just completely lost. And until I stopped, I couldn't, or, or until I felt like I stopped, I couldn't see any way out. I was like, I'm not going anywhere here. I'm just treading water and actually I'm drowning. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop and then I'm going to figure it out. And again, like, I was lucky enough to have, like, the means to do it and I just mm. needed a break and it really helped me to then press pause to move forward but that's how I am at, on everything I stop press pause that's not quitting my job every year or whatever it's just no, no, no. just pressing pause yeah yeah totally. um but I think it is just knowing yourself and and it and it's funny what comes out of situations like that because they're usually not what you expected no. in the or when you made that decision to do it and they're almost always better yeah like, it's terrifying, but if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't be here. No, no. And you wouldn't be doing all these amazing things that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like past two, because yeah. you're drowning. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it takes a really brave person to go, mm, stop, wait, this isn't working for me. And like you said right at the beginning of this pod episode, is to be brutally honest with yourself about your situation. Yeah. Obviously, as open recruitment, it's a very pressured, pressured, target-driven difficult industry to be good at yeah and i have seen so many recruiters over the years be so bad at their jobs but not have the that piece of a personality to go do you know what this actually just isn't for me yeah and because it's quite hard to do that yeah it's almost like quitting well it is quitting i quit my job yeah and so i was listening to elizabeth day's podcast the other day without fail mm-hmm. and she was saying about that quitting is actually such an empowering thing quitting is so brave and good yeah it's a positive yeah to go no that's not serving me actually anymore or i'm not serving it i think it's knowing yourself so well and trusting yourself yeah, more so that you're going to be okay because yeah. you look out for yourself and you yeah. you have that bit of belief in yourself that yeah you'll figure it out yeah the inner knowing and the belief, and for people like me who are probably drinkers, you just don't have that when you're drinking. You just don't have the clarity. That's, mm. that's why, although I did have it innately in me, and you have it innately in you, I wouldn't have seen it without him. Yeah. So, yeah. Random question. Yeah. If people are, um, like, there might be some people listening to this, and they're like, God, Katie sounds so clear and so. You do just have a very, or you you seem to have like a very vivid image of like who you are, and you know yourself very well, and you seem to be in a really good headspace with both now yourself and moving forward. And sobriety seems to have allowed you to blossom. Mm-hmm. What if some people are thinking, I kind of like this clarity thing. I actually don't think that alcohol is my problem but I don't know what the problem is am I holding myself back in some way that I don't know why or what for what what would you and it might not even be a question it might just be an open question because you know neither is a like psychology experts or whatever but what would you say to like how do you start to figure that out there's so many different things because Obviously, for me, in my story, alcohol was the thing that's holding me back. But for so many other people, it's so many other things. Like, mm. for me, 
like you're in a horrible relationship because he's terrified to leave and to yeah. chat um or you're addicted to the chaos of like a traumatic love yeah which is extremely common mm-hmm. it's a different addiction and it's a different thing that's holding you back mm-hmm. but the themes are the same mm-hmm. you have to be brutally honest with yourself yeah and then just take baby steps the next right step towards that goal mm-hmm. and that's all my coaching is about i'm not being i'm not a coach i'm not a qualified sobriety coach i'm a qualified life coach mm-hmm. but i'm not doing sobriety the way to get out of a situation where you feel like you're not fulfilled or you're not reaching your potential or whatever, you have to reimagine what your situation would look like if it was a dream situation mm-hmm. and then work towards that goal. Similar, yeah. Similarly to manifesting. I know you've been, people think, some people think that manifesting is like sitting in your room and going, I want a Range Rover, I want a Range Rover, mm-hmm. I want a Range Rover, and hoping that it happens. And of course, that is. Never insane. <laughs> <laughs> but not if you have lucky girls from trying. Give me a little pop girl walk. Come back in my rainbow, you're sat on the dive. It's Tom Cruise yeah. in the passenger seat. I saw more than one foot. I just feel it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately not. Um, but it's like imagining, just say, now that we're on the topic, for argument's sake, imagining a Range Rover, say, and thinking, right, how do I get there? What? How do I align my behaviours, values, boundaries, actions towards... <laughs> All I want to say is, like, <laughs> sit on the high street of Old Ellie Edge and wait until... <laughs> <laughs> hard isn't it because I, f- I do feel like I feel like a broken record saying it but like we're all so exposed to everyone's different paths and different journeys that sometimes it it can be a bit more uh counterintuitive because you then put all this pressure that's unnecessary on yourself to have it figured out or to be on a path and sometimes it's okay to just do your own thing and like hide away for a bit and just be you you know I feel that so deeply because like what you just said then like you said, I sound like I've really 
got a lot of clarity and a clear head and a vision of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get there. Mm. And I do have that, but also I've not drank for three and a half years. Like mm. maybe three and a half years. Yeah. And I've not figured it out. I'm nowhere near it. I just, I'm doing the next right thing. Yeah, yeah, the next right step for now to get to that goal of what I want to do. Yeah, and it will be like this. I mean, it already has been like up and down, up and down. So it will continue to be like that. So I just have to kind of accept that. But that's just life, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like whatever goal you have, it's always going to be like up and down, diagonal. To, yeah. to get there, mm-hmm. it just takes time. Yeah, but like, I broke away from it. I thought I want to do this. With regards to social media and whatever and then i did that for about a year and then i thought i can't do that anymore because it's not working for yeah. me it's taking a toll on me so i stopped doing that and did recruitment full time yeah waited 12 months to feel completely unfilled empty and horrible yeah to then go back to the thing that i gave up on so yeah. hopefully you know, in ten years' time, it's all a great success. Yeah, and the business goes well, and I'm self-employed and all that stuff. I can look back and it will be a little blip in the journey. Yeah. But let me tell you, <laughs> the last twelve months have been, at times, honestly awful. Like yeah. awful, because yeah. I felt so lost and confused. And being in your late twenties is just such a narrative of like weddings and babies and houses, and yeah. I don't have any of those things. I don't yeah. have any. All, all I've actually, all I have right now, and it is my priority, is like sorting my job out, sorting my yeah. career out, making sure that I'm sure that I want to follow my passion and yeah. purpose, which I'm so blessed to say because so many people don't have that, and, and I am really grateful and I'm aware of it mm-hmm. because also I lost it last yeah. year, so I know what it feels like to not have it. So now I'm like yeah. even more determined than I was when I very first started doing social media and stuff like that. Which is now added with the coaching and the ability to help people. It's just like even more ingrained in me that that is just really, really, really what I want to do. Yeah. So it's been very, very up and down. Yeah. And I think for some people, it's to switch off and tune into their emotions. For others, it sounds like this is you, but like to just trial and error stuff and oh, then figure so. it out. Like, oh, you learn so yeah. much, don't you, from failures? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, so yeah. true. Yeah, so true. Like, the, the, the coming away from social media last year, I viewed it so long as, as a failure mm-hmm. because I was kind of thinking, well, you put all this time and effort into something and now you're going back to a job that you did before that you didn't really like. Yeah. I'm blessed that this time around I did enjoy it. But... I just, I viewed it so for so long as a negative thing that I went back. But actually, I've learned so much in the last year and about how I went about building the social media last time. Yeah. That I've changed this time. And there's things that I won't do again, events I won't go to again, people I won't speak to again, yeah. that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't done that. So yeah. I've got a good basis for my business now as well, mm-hmm. which I would never have had if I hadn't done that. You know, like, yeah. And there's people that you meet all the way through life that like everything just moves you on to the next thing, yeah. doesn't it? Moves you on to the next step. Yeah. So the journey. Oh, it's yeah, all coming together. It is. It yeah. is. It's hard though because people say, don't they, like, oh, just you know, everything will work out and just roll with it. But 
that's really shit advice. It <laughs> is shit advice. In the time, at the time, it's so painful. Yeah. It's so, so painful. But it is so true. Like, I was, I'm working out as a coach, obviously, in terms of my own business, but also three days a week, like, part-time, I'm working as a coach for a recruitment business. Yeah. And I was so stressed, as you know, when I left yeah, my job. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to find anything. Like, looking for a part-time coaching job was so niche. Like, where yeah. the hell are you going to find that? Yeah. But I ended up applying to jobs that I just didn't even want because I was yeah. in that, like, scarcity panic mode of I would just take anything. And then I didn't get a job interview because I didn't have the skills for these yeah. jobs that I was applying for. Yeah. And then one day I was just like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to let go of this because it's just wearing down it can be so anxious i'm just gonna make aligned decisions and not get so stressed about it and what we need it financially mm -hmm. i'm okay for a bit so i've got like you know i've got the money to chill a bit yeah let's just see how you go and literally two days later i get this job opportunity on a voice yeah. from an old director yeah and i was just like when i listened to voice note, honestly i just burst out laughing i was yeah. like Weird, yeah. like it's the perfect thing. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but it happens more often than you think, mm -hmm. and it depends on your attitude towards things that happen to you as well. Yeah, like my dad always used to say to me, Everybody in life, Katie, gets opportunities, everyone, mm -hmm. but it's up to the, the person to take them. Yeah, yeah, like not everyone's got terrible luck their whole life. Yeah, it's how you deal with the opportunities that come to you. So that felt like a good opportunity yeah. for us. I also think, like, maybe this is a comparison thing, and, like, we do compare ourselves, but things happen to different people in different ways. Yeah. Like, I was the same when I quit my job. I was, I wanted to go, I was dead set on going back to London. I wanted to make this podcast a thing. Thought I wanted to start a business. What I was actually doing is I was seeing everybody online starting businesses. I was also listening to so many, like, entrepreneur podcasts and yeah. watching entrepreneur um, videos and following people's journeys online. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Now I'm like, I did so much research, dedicated everything to it every day. And then I was still applying for jobs, applying for jobs. And then I actually got offered a job that I didn't think I'd ever want. And now I have the job and I love it. It's like mm. my favorite thing. So sometimes you've just, I'm such an advocate of like trusting the process and just letting mm. things unfold. And then like you said, when the time comes to make those decisions, make them yeah. and, and make them in line with your gut. Yeah, so I just think huge thing of it is gut feeling. Yeah, and it's so like the it is just your your intuition is they say that your gut is your second brain and yeah it's so so true. Yeah, I um <clears throat> I completely agree with that. I think I think a lot of it comes with we've mentioned like the word twenties a little bit, but your twenties are so tough. They just like I think like you put again over word over use of the word pressure, but. You put this like magnifying glass on everything, don't you? And it's such a heavy weight to carry. I just and feel like I'm gonna die. Don't I? That's, <laughs> how I, that's like how I've been behaving over the last year. Like, oh my god, I've got two years left. Like it's like, it's like what the heck? Like you're mental. Like, what yeah, is yeah. One of my best friends is like thirty. Well, I've got a few best friends in their thirties actually, and all of them say to me. It's always bizarre. Like, you literally, you might feel the same. Yeah, yeah. You turn 30, and you're always like, nah, don't care. Yeah. Like, the pressure is just, like, overnight. Just yeah. Just taking off you. It's the late 20s that are the pain. Yeah. Not 30. Yeah. It's now that I'm in this, like, period of time where I've just felt so, like, I should do this, or I have to do that. And that was a huge part of my decision-making last year when I was with this, with my ex. Um, 
was the typical get married, have a house, yeah. have a kid, and work, like, mm-hmm. you know, have to progress in your career. And if I had stayed with him, you know, it would have progressed to all those things, but I was miserable mm-hmm. with him. So, yeah. but to cut that tie in your late 20s, it's like kind of risky. Not risky, but it's 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 not the typical thing you should do. But just no, it's typical a, doesn't make it doesn't make you happy. No, and that, happy. that makes me think like how many people go through their life doing what they sh- think they should be doing rather mm. than what they actually want to do. And that makes me so sad. Yeah, me too. Because it ties in with the drinking. Like yeah. you should go out and get drunk in your twenties. You should. Yeah. Have it. But, but, but my therapist always says to me. There is no should, have, yeah. or there's just what is. Yeah. And it is what it is. Like, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't, you know, change it and everyone's journey is different. As you've just said, everyone ebbs and flows in different ways. People have different milestones at different points. And the conversation around your 20s and the support in your 20s and the mixture of depression in your 20s, I just find it not so much in recent months. But last year, I just found it unbearable. Yeah. I've really struggled, honestly. And yeah. I just felt like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I just, I, I'm just so lost and confused and miserable. And yeah. But then you kind of have a breakthrough. It's like you do your job. If you hadn't, it sounds like from what you're saying, that you were kind of at like a bit of rock bottom at all. Mm, yeah. And oh, completely. Like, yeah. Crying all, I don't cry. Like I, I'm one of those girls. Yeah. Who just, I don't get emotional. Like Cameron stuff. Diaz in the holiday. <laughs> Literally, I am Cameron Diaz. I just don't cry. I'm like, <laughs> does it come out? Yeah. But like, I don't cry, and I was crying all the time because of work. I am someone. I've always put my career first, or I've always yeah, put jobs first. You're very first. driven. I do feel you're very driven, very ambitious. Even with pop. Yeah. You do, this podcast what is around a year. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, I am, but I feel like sometimes I, I put it before everything else, and I've got to a good place now, and it's taken a lot of crying moments and a lot of frustration and and a lot of like immaturity actually at work, just purely out of frustration and acting like a dick in the office and stuff. But now I'm at a good place where I've got a really good balance. I know my worth when it comes to work. I know that I'm good. I'm really mm-hmm. confident at work. Mm-hmm. And I won't let it eat into my personal life. Because it's yeah. no, it doesn't need to. You no. can still be good at your job and not work 15 hours a day. Like, you don't need to. Yeah. I think if you're using your time effectively, yeah. then you just don't want to be a busy fool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And people get... People think that you get praised for being like the last one in the office yeah. and staying there till nine pm. You're wasting your life, yeah. and you don't get any extra praise for it. Yeah. Manage your time effectively, and yeah. leave it half five. Yeah. You do your job and your contracted hours, and go yeah. and enjoy life and yeah, have yeah. other things that you're interested in. Yeah. I feel like that is, but I do feel that our generation and generation, what they call Gen Z. Gen Z, yeah, below us, yeah. 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 They've got a better grasp and idea of that in the way that they value their life outside of work. Yes. However, I've met a lot of that it's too Gen much, Zs that are just too much that way. fucking burnt idle. Like they yeah. don't wanna they don't wanna work. They don't and they're not burn idle, like entitled. Like mm-hmm. I've also met a lot that are 
just as driven, if not more than me. Yeah. But I've I have met a lot that just you ask them to do something and their little faces are like, who me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and that's what you're here yeah, to do. That's what the there's a lot. There's a lot of that. There is a lot of that. But I quite I love sass. I love when people are sassy. I think it's just executing it in the right way. But yeah, I do. The mentality yeah. is so different to ours. It's so different. Yeah, but from a mentality point of view, it's yeah. I've seen it a lot in our in our fucking walk or whatever. You know, <laughs> books and our work. Like, yeah, yeah. There is definitely a shift moving away from that sort of thing. But it's good because I used to tie a lot of my self work towards my work. Yeah, yeah. And so if I had a shit month at work, it wasn't my target or whatever. I would berate myself and yeah. that's really unhealthy because not everything's always going to go well mm-hmm. at work of course not everything yeah. goes all the time and I would honestly speak so negatively and actually it was funny because it was towards the end of this year last year sorry because I've fallen out of love with my job naturally yeah do less because yeah, you don't yeah. want to be there and yeah. you're not happy and you're not fulfilled and you're just miserable so but it was funny because the worse I did, the happier I was. It's weird. <laughs> and I remember telling my therapist, something weird's happened this week. Because I've done really, like, not sh- not really badly, but I've done, like, not as good. And I just don't really mind. Like, I'm kind mm. whatever. Like, I haven't really thought about it. She was like, great, because this means you're, like, slowly de- detaching yourself yeah, yeah. From, from that sort of thing. And also, even with social media, it's so difficult to not value yourself yeah, yeah. against your content on social media or your engagement and stuff yeah, like that yeah. because it's pure numbers. Yeah. It's always the same recruitment, it's pure numbers. It's yeah. pure, like, you can, it's target driven and you can see it in there, black and white, if you're not doing well. Yeah. And it's the same on yeah. social media. Yeah. So I even feel recently I've kind of detached myself a little bit from that as well, which has yeah. been really refreshing because in the past, oh my god, it's a piece of content flop. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Well, that's it. I'm just deleting it. Yeah. It can make you, like, dive into yourself a little bit in a negative yeah. way, can't it? Yeah. Okay, so, life coaching. So, this is a new little adventure. <laughs> I know, I'm so happy for you. Um. So, yeah, just go into a little bit more about, like, where we can find your services, where we can book yes. things, so get the info. my website goes live next week. Yeah. So that's katiemcnichol.com, yeah. which is where you can find all the coaching services, one-to-one coaching, group workshops, virtually, yeah. and then events also. I've got an event on the 1st of July in Manchester yes. called This Sober Yoga. I did one a few years ago. It was amazing. I loved it. So it will be even better this mm-hmm. time, bigger and better this time. And that's all on the website. And then my social, well, TikTok, Instagram, Katiemcnichol underscore, annoyingly, someone said Katiemcnichol. <laughs> and then YouTube, just Katiemcnichol. <laughs> um, and I'll tag everything and link everything in the show notes and stuff because your website will be live every time this goes out. But I can't wait to see you fly. Like, I'm so excited oh, for you. Thanks. This has been really nice. Um, it has. We haven't spoken about beauty at all, but it's fine. So... The last question that I ask everyone on the show is, what is your version of beauty? Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My version of beauty is being authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means and looks like to you. Not feeling like you have to follow the crowd or fit a certain stereotypal box to be confident and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 